people like people like games What's up, what's up, and welcome to episode 20 of People Like Games. If you don't know by now, this is going to be a running joke. I'm Solo, and unfortunately, Lilo will not be joining us again for uh, this week's episode. Uh, I want to say it was due to scheduling errors or life getting in the way, but to be frankly honest, uh, Lilo was available and ready to record and i was like nah fuck off i'm doing well here i'm enjoying myself by myself rolling solo dolo but no i'm just kidding uh it was for those reasons we weren't able to get it so again uh i'm going to be giving you guys a slightly uh shorter than normal episode and things will be back to normal on tuesday uh with two hosts instead of just me so lucky for you this will be the last time i will be the exclusive voice you have to deal with uh before i move a little bit uh more forward with the show i'm gonna have to do those plugs you're you know how it goes by now at people like games is a twitter be sure to follow us hit us up say what's up whatever the case is and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, or we just started using Anchor, which I'm actually really enjoying. So check that out as well. Anchor.fm slash people like games. And uh, that, that's about it for our early show information. So without much further ado, let's get into quick scope. So starting things off, on a relatively simple note, because that is how I'm going to do it, is the release date for Detroit Become Human. It was one of the, uh, it's a game that's going to be coming out on PlayStation 4. The release date is May 25th, 2018. And the story tells, uh, or the game tells the story of three androids and sort of works as a decision tree game where every decision you make affects decisions down the line it's supposed to be one of the more complicated 3d uh systems that have ever tried to incorporate this sort of element i don't know if you guys have ever played la noir which came out on xbox one of my favorite games of all time just because i love rockstar but uh it's pretty similar in terms of uh the sort of decision making that you'll do facial expressions etc should be interesting it's very highly touted and i'm curious to see what comes of that but you never know you know how that shit goes but anyway let's get over that because i'm probably not going to buy that game even though it looks cool but now on to some confirmation the 27th character for overwatch has been officially announced and released on the ptr the character was as we had predicted, or as most people had predicted, Bridget, which is the daughter of the character uh, Torbern, and she is a very interesting sort of setup character. If you haven't gotten a chance uh, to look at some of the uh, features and abilities she has, uh, she has 200 health and 50 armor plus 600 health in her shield, which is sort of an individual shield. In terms of her attacks, they aren't the strongest. She has like a, a, a mace tied to a rope that swings and does 40 damage. 
One of her abilities is a heal pack, which gives 150 healing or 75 armor if you're at full health. Um, she has the ability to sort of do a sort of jump stun with her shield, sort of similar to the character McCree's uh, stun grenade. Looks interesting. I'm really curious how she'll fit into the metas. I think she's probably one of the more unique characters they've introduced in terms of skill sets in comparison to the other people and just see with how much damage she's doing, etc. So I'm curious. I tried her out on the PTR. Really interesting. Really curious to see how it sort of fits into the larger game. Uh, a funny story, however, if you have not gotten a chance to uh, take a look at Bridget Lindholm's character, be sure to, because the other day, the uh, president of pa the game Paladin, Stuart Chisholm, uh, recently took a little shot because uh, if you haven't gotten the chance, Paladins is a, 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 a free-to-play game that you could try out, sort of like a first-person shooter, but they have a, a character that looks suspiciously like Bridget. Um, if you looked at the side-by-side -side comparisons, it's, it's borderline identical. So part of me wants to say that uh, they copied her, uh, but I mean, he made the joke himself, which is like, you know, who, who's calling, which, who, uh, wh wh how, how am I going to phrase this? Who's the teapot calling the kettle black and which one's the kettle calling the teapot? So we'll see. To be frankly honest, it does look like they sort of nicked that design, but I don't know if the concept of this sort of paladin armor is just a generic, you know, template of armor. So I don't want to go too far with an opinion there. So I'm just going to be like, whatever, and leave that for the time being. But if you'd like to try her out, and, and if you're unaware that you could sign up for the PTR, because literally any Overwatch player can sign up for the PTR, which is a public test, public test region, uh, open, and it's five steps. So if you want to try out Bridget's character, open the blizzardbattle.net application. Then click the Overwatch icon on the left side of the screen to open the Overwatch page. Then three, open the Regent slash account dropdown menu on the bottom left side of the screen and select public test region. The big blue button underneath that will switch to install instead of play. Click that. It'll install it, and then you'll be free to be able to access the server. Uh, so whenever changes come about, you'll be able to test them before everyone else. So when Sombra and May were available uh, in their change format before being released publicly uh, or to the main game last week, you could play them on PTR. So it's worth it. It'll get you ahead of some of the other players. And, uh, you know, just uh, fully worth checking out. But next up, we're... Following up on a story we did a couple of weeks back where we had announced that a Harry Potter mobile game would be coming out. The game, entitled The Hogwarts Mystery, was uh, just had its first trailer released. It looks really cool, to be frankly honest. It's totally sort of brand new in the sense that you are sort of building your own character and then going through... Hogwarts as if, you know, I guess this there's a again decision making tree in these games where you can interact, etc. Should be cool. I plan to play it. I know for a pretty much fact that it is going to have a free to play monetization system that is likely going to reap in billions of dollars while sort of exploiting Harry Potter fans and children, um, which is what free to play uh, business model is. But 
if I'm going to be frankly honest, I'm going to download it and I'll likely be the first mobile game I ever put money towards. So as embarrassing as that is, as that is to admit, shit happens and Harry Potter is that shit. So I'm going to try it out. But that's whatever. That's whatever. You know how that goes. So anyway, on to our next story. We have Chrono Trigger, uh, considered by many to be the greatest JRPG ever made. Uh, if you're not familiar with that phrase, JRPG is Japanese role-playing game. Uh, it was released 23 years ago, and it just got it for the first time ever PC version release. Um, there have been a couple of complaints with regards to the fact that it feels like they imported just a mobile version of the game directly onto PC without making any major changes. But if you love the game and you're like, whatever, I'm not opposed to playing a mobile port on PC because like, otherwise, you know, I I guess it wouldn't have been valuable to just rebuild the entirety of the game for PC. So if you're a fan, I never played it. I think I will get around to trying it out because it's sort of like when you hear about a classic movie, uh, you got to watch because its effect on all subsequent movies and genres is something you have to understand. And so I'm going to check out Chrono Trigger. I will be back one day, probably within the month, with a review on that. So stay tuned. But... Otherwise, let's get into our next story. I know this feels sort of like I'm just going one over the other, but it, to be frankly honest, I feel like Friday is always a, a slightly less interesting news day. Uh, there wasn't any particularly major stories, uh, and the few that I would have uh, th- thoroughly enjoyed discussing uh, are slightly muted just because we are missing Lilo, who, you know, as enjoyable as it is, to be recording solo. You know, it's solo and Lilo. It's not solo and solo. So, Lilo, come back. But anyway, on to Sony fucking up, which is probably my favorite story of the entire week, which was that Sony recently made available a completely free cost of the upcoming game Yakuza 6. They accidentally uploaded the full game instead of a demo. So if you had gone on uh, to uh, the PlayStation Store, it would have shown you Yakuza 6 Prologue. But if you downloaded it, you would have found that, oh shit, I actually have the entirety of the game. And so very quickly, the uh, Sony went back and they locked the file. So even if you were able to download it in time, there'll be a little lock there and you can access it. And for some reason, they made a statement that they wanted to reassure you that we're working with Sony to make sure there are no account penalties if you downloaded the demo. Uh, And there's still no date for the demo to go back off, but it is their top priority. Uh, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, will be launched exclusively on PS4 on April 17th. But one... That's funny as hell to make that big of an egregious mistake, which is like, oh, instead of one piece of the game, we just down uploaded the entirety of the game. Hilarious. Two, uh, I would say that it is sort of ridiculous that their response isn't, yo, we really fucked up, our bad, but instead it's that we're making sure there's no account penalties. Like, how is that even relatively close to the phrasing you should use for you fucking up? So if I got the game from you for free, suddenly 
what are you even mentioning account penalties for? Like, it's stupid. Just be like, yo, we really fucked up. Our bad. We locked it. We're going to have the demo out soon. But nah, no account penalty. That's a dumbass statement. Whoever's your PR person, Sega, uh, get a new fucking person because it's a stupid statement. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get into a little bit of technology for you streamers out there. So if you're unaware... And a Mac user, which, you know, if you play Xbox One and you happen to own a MacBook, you cannot stream from your console to your PC. Uh, and that has been a bit of an issue. I would say that I have a MacBook and I've thought about what the ability to stream on a console would be uh, onto your PC. And I was always curious. There was never really any great technologies out there for it. But recently, one uh, or a new app was announced called OneCast. That's O-N-E-C-A-S-T. And according to them, they've solved, they solved the issues. And so uh, one of the uh, members of the team, Chaim Gartenberg, spoke with The Verge a couple of days ago and spoke about how they basically just reverse engineered Microsoft's official Xbox to PC streaming service uh, using the same Windows protocols. And they basically were able to just create a Mac version of it by changing a few uh, of the uh, launch requirements. Uh, if you want to try it out, I would be surprised if there's a large contingent of Xbox One playing MacBook user, or maybe there's more likely to be that instead of PC having MacBook users. So check that one out. But it's currently uh, offering uh, their service with a 14-day trial, but uh, that will still cost users $10 rather than the normal $20. Uh, it, according to uh, you know the article, it does crash a little bit, but in terms of any alternatives that work this well, there aren't really. And so if you've always wanted to, uh, give it a shot. It's called OneCast. There is... Uh, possibility that Xbox would take it down. They have a tendency to take down these sort of uh, uh, third-party companies or third-party apps that they can't profit from directly. So I guess we'll see what uh, what happens with there. Uh, but that's cool. It's interesting. That, that that's a that's a good uh, piece of technology if you're in the market for it. So again, one cast, fourteen-day trial. Give it a shot if you're interested. Uh, next up, we have a little bit of Fortnite. Uh, it's going 60 FPS uh, on consoles. And if you have taken a look at the uh, screenshots of the resolutions of, or even the videos, looks beautiful. Uh, I think, you know, again, I said it last week, Fortnite's making its move. It's going to be really cool. Uh, to see once once this establishes, I think maybe graphics would have been one thing that would have lagged behind with regards to what Fortnite was bringing to the table, but they were able to uh, get that cleaned up. So, like, if anything, this just further solidifies Fortnite's potential dominance in the area. So, just a little note worth looking into. Keep watching Ninja, who's probably the god MC at the game, if we're going to be honest. So. Anyway, neither here nor there. That's what I'm going to start saying. Anyway, let's get on to our next story, uh, mentioning caffeine. So if you uh, 
did not get a chance. A few weeks ago, we had mentioned that a company titled Caffeine.TV had recently raised about $75 million from Silicon Valley in order to launch their own version of Twitch. And recently, they made their first major content deal to sort of start establishing themselves. So we actually might start streaming the show live moving forward the night of recording because we always record at the same time and then we'll You'll have the option either watch us live or just listen to the finalized podcast in the morning. So uh, that may be on caffeine. That may be on Twitch. Just give us a heads up or hit us up on Twitter again if you have a preference for where you would like to see a live action version of PLG because we're debating it. We're debating it. But as I was saying, uh, Caffeine recently uh, just signed a deal with uh, ESL, which is the... Uh, if you're familiar, the Electronic Sports League, but uh, Caffeine announced a deal with ESL to start bringing over some of their content, beginning with the Intel Extreme Masters uh, this uh, coming weekend, March 3rd to 5th, over in Poland. Uh, the partnership will see the formation of three social broadcasts of ESL content on the Caffeine platform. One will be a live broadcast featuring AAA esports tournaments. A second one will be a 24-7 Greatest Matches broadcast. And the third will be a 24-7 just highlights broadcast. Uh, it will also include a Made for Caffeine esports talk show titled The Magazine that will be premiering later in spring. Very interesting to see them uh, pull that off. Uh, thank you to Manny Anical for that information, which extremely, uh, extremely interesting if uh, you are curious about the ability for some of these content streaming services to start competing. It's it, the, it's going to start getting hot out there. So we'll see if Twitch ended up just happening to have the Netflix uh, time advantage and whether the increasing cost of the uh, broadcast rights for some of these games will inevitably fall somewhere else if they get out of Twitch's uh, price range or someone else starts swooping in because now, you know, for the longest time you had just Netflix by itself and then Hulu sprung up, then this sprung up, then that sprung up. For the longest time we've we've just had Twitch and you, you I guess you could say YouTube as well, but now we're going to see a start of a uh, environment of these companies coming out and a lot of them are going to fail, but, you know, a few of them have the potential to establish themselves i want to say caffeine is one uh is definitively going to, to is definitively going to need to change its um it's definitively going to need to change its uh name uh, i guess but i mean twitch did that too it was justin.tv before it became twitch but i guess we'll see what happens with there uh, then on to our next story activision confirms that they have more remasters on the way uh, they announced it in a recent annual shareholding filing, and that's interesting to me in particular because we had spoke about this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago with regards to the fear that the remastering uh, fad would become something that would deter developers or publishers from going into more original, unique content seeing how profitable Crash was. Now, you know, with Spiral coming on the way, if that hits as well, be prepared to see probably every single game you love from like the mid-early 2000s starting to make its way back. 
as long as they can just polish up some of the graphics and then reconfigure some of the uh, baseline uh, programming to make it functional on a newer generation system. We'll see that more than we'll see games that will require full-scale rebuilds. Uh, but that's my opinion. I could be wrong. They could just try to go the full way in. So we'll see. Uh, and then another thing, uh, just a, a little funny note, uh, something well worth mentioning which was that I remember talking about the need for virtual reality Yu-Gi-Oh! game. And lo and behold, over on YouTube, uh, someone named just Joseph Min uh, was working on their own version of it. And they uploaded a gameplay video just last week of a tutorial duel of Yu-Gi-Oh! Versetto. Not the most polished thing, but it is first person. It does include interactive, interactive levels. It does have an interactive dual disc. If you remember anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, it's borderline impossible to put, explain the contact within that realm. So I'm just going to uh, skip that. But anyway, uh, check it out. Justman, really cool. Um, and hopefully, hopefully this sort of developments will catch the eye of Konami and, and they'll partner with someone. Uh, same way they were able to get, or Niantic was able to get a uh, Pokemon. So. I guess we're going to see where that one goes. Uh, next up, uh, the stupidest thing I've read this week, which was that at this year's game developer conference, the IGDA, uh, planned to hold a roundtable discussion titled Censorship Strikes Back Roundtable. Uh, and it is its description is that it's game developers and allies who want to protect themselves, their work, and their peers from video game censorship. Uh, this was in regards to them believing that the recent World Health Organization classifying gaming disorder as a mental health conditioning, uh, in addition to burgeoning legislation around uh, the world, with regards to loot boxes. And so uh, they say that uh, with the fact that some of these bans on loot boxes in their words are quote unquote, assaults on the quote unquote, self-expression and business rights of game developers. Whoever wrote that line or whoever is part of this group is a fucking idiot. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. I would love to have these idiots on the show. I would love to tell them they're stupid because I've never heard the co-opting of a phrase censorship like your exploitative fucking business model is a potential threat to children. So maybe if we pass a law saying you can't exploit people openly, you, maybe that might be in the benefit of the consumer and that's a, a, a that's censorship that's the word you're gonna use like censorship not regulation censorship you guys are a fucking joke you guys are filled with idiots please come on the show so i can call you all idiots anyway i you guys are stupid that's it that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard you're an idiot go home go to sleep go do something other than this but if you're, you know, intent on continuing it, hit me up. Come on the show so I can flame you on here and everyone in the world can see how stupid you are and your group is with regards to this movement as well as with regards to how stupid you'll sound over a prolonged conversation trying to justify this. That is what I'm going to call a galaxy brain segment because that's the dumbest thing I'm going to find all week. Anyway, going into... Just a final bit of uh, quick scope news. Video game uh, 
video game video games cause violence i guess is it i i know we're supposed to avoid politics but what with the recent parkland uh shooting in florida uh donald trump our president has said that he is going to meet with the video game industry with regards to violence in video games uh which was responded to by the esa who said that none of their members were contacted and they were unaware of any potential meeting so I don't know what to really say about that other than it happened and what is there to say. So anyway, that's about it for quick scope. As to the main segment, I am going to focus on one or two stories. One would be uh, the PUBG recently had a star-studded tournament uh, for charity, and it sort of highlighted the weaknesses of PUBG as a potential esports game. It doesn't really have a lot of it's the maps or two. It, it it doesn't have the ability to maintain uh, interest or its energy going forward uh, throughout the entirety of a game. Uh, even the kills are, are too far and far in between. Like it, it, viewing Fortnite is, and this is what I keep saying viewing Fortnite is a a continual sort of action required. Um, it's continual action, whereas in PUBG. And the eventual winning team literally would just wait on the edge of the white line as hidden as possible, waiting for everyone to die and the circle to close all the way in before they had to eventually possibly maybe have to fight. That's a joke. That really hurts PUBG's viewability, in my opinion. Uh, of course, Shroud was one of the more well-known streamers. He's a... Uh, represents cloud nine for streaming and he usually partners with dr disrespect to play online uh his was one of the best teams they were getting the most kills but they didn't even technically win the tournament technically it was a guy who was waiting on the corners of every closing circle so a little embarrassing um i i i think it it sort of even further exemplifies that, you know, something like Overwatch had made sure to specifically change their viewing options and what the viewing experience would be before they had the Overwatch World Cup back uh, in, in November or October during BlizzCon. And then seeing that, uh, you know, it translates because before that, I don't think Overwatch would have been a viable viewing experience. And so... They made sure to focus on that, and I think it is something with regards to uh, PUBG that hasn't happened yet. If they haven't even really done proper in-game upgrades, a little less than surprising that they have not subsequently done viewing option upgrades, but what can you do? I guess we'll end up seeing what happens with that. Uh, I wanted... You know, I, I guess we'll end up seeing what happens with that. I, I'm pretty certain, though, that it won't have a translating potential that people thought it did maybe six months ago when PUBG was on its rise. I personally don't even think Fortnite has. I just don't think Battle Royale is a, a, a field that lends itself to professionalizing leagues. I think it's more of a streamer's hobby, which is you follow individual people or teams or whatever the case is. So, again, I could be thoroughly, totally wrong and everyone else is proven right. But, you know, if I feel confident enough to put it on here, like, shit, that's my opinion. That's where I stand. I'm going to go with it. But now let's get into the final topic of the day before I close out the show. 
H1Z1, the game that inspired Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, has left early access with a new Auto Royale mode. So basically, Daybreak, uh, who is the developer of H1Z1, uh, and we're really the first ones to create this Battle Royale phenomenon, um, were finally finally have left early access after two years and hit version 1.0. And the thing is, they, to celebrate, have introduced a completely free car-based battle royale mode called Auto Royale. So H1Z1, who we had mentioned two weeks ago in our top story, was that H1Z1's player base had decreased 90% uh, since its peak uh, and is now opening with a complete pivot, in my opinion. I don't think they had really led with a lot of uh, information with regards to the fact that they wanted to make this move. But moving to vehicles, uh, it is, uh, or the Auto Royale format, will feature up to 30 teams of four players playing Battle Royale entirely in cars. Uh, And, you know, according to the general manager of H1Z1, Anthony Castoro, uh, Auto Royale doesn't rinse and repeat what is currently available on the market. It turns its genre on its head with a fresh approach. Arcade vehicle-only Battle Royale, unlike anything anyone has experienced before, unless they played Twisted Metal, which is relatively the same exact thing, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, not to be a dick about it, but like, this is what I mean by phrasing. I mean, it's slightly different because it's not the vehicles that are doing the firing. It's, I guess you're inside the vehicles and you're sort of like, if you're playing, um, if you've ever played Grand Theft Auto, the way the shooting is set up there, you're just leaning in and out of the car. Uh, you have the option of two cars, which one is a sedan, the other one is just an armored recon vehicle. Um, I, 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 it is ballsy, that's what I'll say, to go out completely and, and shift away from just the plain battle royale mode. I do think it's smart, however, because they had no space, like there's, they had no role left in the battle royale community. Uh, in, in the format that it's in now, maybe yeah, they were the ones who started it, but they weren't the ones that did it best, which is thus far still been Fortnite. But I think this will be interesting. I think uh, may, maybe there's a potential uh, for this game to pick back up um, or for players to pick it back up. I personally have always been curious why something like Twisted Metal didn't sort of have uh, more iterations. Like, you know, if you released a new Twisted Metal on PlayStation or Xbox or PC, I feel like it would have some legs behind it. Um, But without a potential new launch of Twisted Metal, you have Auto Royale now. Uh, I'm curious to see how it will eventually work out for them in terms of numbers. I think it was smart, though. I'm just going to reiterate that. I'll try. We'll try it out. Maybe we'll stream it for you guys a little bit, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Curious, though. Very curious. I would love to get one of these guys on the show to talk about what process went into setting up a pivot like that and to pivot on the day of uh, your exit from early access and to come out with a brand new game. Very interesting is is a phrase I'm just going to use there. Uh, and then lastly, I was going to get in a bit to Christie versus the NCAA, which was in regards to a Supreme Court case whose ruling was supposed to be out 
uh, early this week, uh, or which we had presumed would be out early this week, and its effect on esports betting. However, the ruling hasn't come yet, and uh, I don't particularly feel like going into it in too depth at the moment. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to save that story. I'm going to check in with you guys next week and just give you a little bit of reminder on how that went. Otherwise, uh, you know, that's it. That's all we got for the show, you know. Uh, you know, if you... It, be sure to check out Sea of Thieves. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to give some closing remarks then. Sea of Thieves stress test is, is available for beta again if you want to try it out. They're still stress testing their servers to make sure they can handle it, um, which I'm sure this is happening continually because they know that any potential server failure on the day of release will hurt not only the Sea of Thieves, but will also hurt the potential success of the Xbox One Game Pass which is sort of tying its initial launch hopes to Sea of Thieves, which there would be no other reason to have such a hotly anticipated game available first day on the platform. So I guess they have to make sure that as much as possible that there is not a a mistake with regards to server structures, which DBZ, uh, you know, Fighter Z is still dealing with. They haven't even solved their you know, connectivity issues and, and any game that has sort of poor online matchmaking is going to suffer harshly and very quickly. But, uh, that, that is that, um, be sure to go watch black Panther again, if you've already seen it. And if you haven't go watch it, dog, it's been three weeks, almost you got time. Now you have the opportunity. It's worth watching. And, uh, We'll be back with some real fresh-ass audio quality for y'all on Tuesday and with Lilo and maybe a little bit more new-new that I'm not going to announce yet, but that I'll uh, just give y'all a surprise with. So anyway, enjoy your weekend and uh, look forward to uh, uh, talking to you guys again with the homie on Tuesday. And lastly, be sure if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the Twitter and Instagram of Ain't No Jigga, A-I-N-T-N-O-J-I-G-G-A, super cool fan page over on um, of Jay-Z and the Rock Nation, and also uh, his playlist over on Tidal, which is actually really cool. And fucking Tidal, hit us up, and fucking Spotify, let us on. Anyway, enjoy your weekend, guys.